0: If you got a Bible, you can open it up. If not, we put it on the screen for you. So for all you folks, if you got a phone, you can open it up. It's a Bible app. It's right there. Would you stand with me this morning while I read a few verses? I'm going to go to Isaiah chapter 7, one verse. It was uh, the prophet Isaiah, kind of like Paul Cain prophesied. Here's the prophet Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Say a sign. Say, sign signs. Everywhere a sign. Tuck my hair up under my hat and imagine me. That, me, working, for, never mind. Therefore the Lord himself, you got to be over 60. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive. How is that going to happen? And bear a son and you shall call his name Emmanuel. And then Matthew chapter 1 verse 19 Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make a public example, was minded to put her away. Say, put her away. You put crazy people away. You put, but while he was thinking of these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. Say, a dream. You know, a dream can change your life, change the entire direction of your life. Saying, the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Wow. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which being translated is God with us. And then Joseph, being raised from the sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Lord, I pray this morning that our mind would be open, that our heart would be fertile and that, Lord, we would allow you to reveal yourself to us in a fresh way, that, Lord, we would be ready For some new thoughts and new ideas. And the Lord, they would take seed and we would conceive and bring forth you. We ask it in Jesus' name and all God's people said, you may be seated. And the Lord himself, he said, I'm not sending you a text message. I'm not sending you a Facebook post. I'm not sending you an Instagram. I'm not sending you a prophet. I'm not sending you a messenger. I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to come and I'm going to conceive something. I'm going to give you a sign. Say a sign. Have you ever seen people that couldn't read? It said don't do that and they did it anyway. It said there was no here, and no parking, no smoking. no. Have you, listen, there's a lot of people that cannot read signs. They don't know the meaning of shh. They, they don't know the meaning of the signs. Do you know that if you don't know the meaning of the sign, the sign doesn't mean anything to you? That if you don't read the signs, you might end up in the wrong line. That if you end up in the wrong line, you may not receive that which you came to receive because you couldn't read the sign. You didn't know the meaning of the sign. There's a lot of people in the body of Christ that don't know the meaning of the sign. Just like they don't know the meaning of the sound, they don't know the meaning of the sign. He said, I'll give you a sign. Most people think they got the sign. Do you know that if you you go to Wichita and you get about eight miles out of town, there's a sign there that says Wichita. If you put that sign in your car and bring it back to Hutchinson, how many of you know you do not have Wichita in your car? You can take the sign off the post and bring it home, but that doesn't mean you ever got what the sign was pointing to because the sign is pointing to something that you have not yet seen. The sign is pointing to something that yet is beyond itself. It's not enough just to get Jesus. You've got to get what Jesus is pointing to. There's a lot of people that are celebrating the fact that they repeated a prayer. A lot of people celebrating the fact that they finished confirmation class. A lot of people celebrating the fact that they got baptized. But honey, you can put the sign in your car and go home. That doesn't mean you got what the sign was pointing to. A lot of people saying, yeah, I got converted here and I got saved here and I made a decision here. Well, whoop de doo big for you. Listen, that's like pulling out your baby picture and say, look how cute I was. Yeah, but you're 58 now. You ain't cute. It's not enough to have the certificate of your baptism, your confirmation, or the Bible that said, I confess Jesus in 1978. Honey, you're supposed to be producing some fruit and being revealing the sign. Notice how quiet it gets in this church. It's not enough to put the sign in the back seat. It's not enough just to get the sign. You got to get to where the sign is pointing. The sign is pointing to something that's out of your sight. The sign points you to something that's invisible. The sign and the symbol represents something beyond itself. It's not enough just to know who Jesus is. You've got to get to what the sign is pointing you to. He said, I'll give you a sign. The sign is more than the baby in the manger. It's more than the God on the cross. The sign is a life that is lived in front of all of us. That Jesus came and lived 33 and a half years, and the way he lived is the sign. You and I have been called to live the way he lives, to be as he is, John says, in this world. For we are now the sons of God, not in the future, today. We have been called to live the life like Jesus. Can I tell you, he's not depressed, he's not oppressed. He's not struggling to get over something. He, he Listen, we have an example of a life. The Western father of the church, Augustine, says to know him and to imitate him. The Eastern father, Athanasian, says he became like us that we could become like him. Listen, the sign is so that we realize that we have the ability, the potential to live a life far beyond anything that human beings have ever imagined, that we can live as the sons and the daughters of the Most High, that we don't have to be limited by the things of this world, that we can live a life far beyond anything that the world has ever thought that is bigger. There's more to this Christian thing than just going to heaven when you die. I mean, going to heaven when you die is a good thing, I suppose. (sighs) Right? But living in heaven today is better than waiting. Living a life that's free of the things, that's that's even better. To have it now. You can have your cake and... Listen, I would serve Jesus even if there wasn't the promise. Because this life that I'm living is better than the alternative. Stressed out, you know, sad, sick. Listen, I know why people stay away from the church. Us. Listen, they stay away because of us. They see us sad and sorry and sick and moaning. I wouldn't come to us either. I- Oh, well. Listen, I've I've met happier people in a bar. I know why they're happy. I know it's going to wear off and it isn't going to last. I wouldn't want what... Never mind. I'm going to give you a sign. I'm going to come down there and show you how to live. I'm going to show you what it means to live as a son of God. I'm going to show you what it means to be a friend of God. I'm going to give you the meaning of the sign. I want you to see my whole life. I'm going to come down there and and, and let you be conformed in the image and the likeness of God. I want you to see the beginning and the end. I think we need to move beyond a Sunday school understanding. I need to know who I am. See, I think the Son of God became like man so the sons of men could understand what it means to be sons of God that he became like I am, that I might become as he is, that I might live in this world the way he has created me to live. But i got to take you on a journey this morning. i gotta, I got to walk through 33 and a half years and i got to do it in about 30 minutes. That means that for every year he lived, I've got about a minute. I might get there. He will be born of a virgin. Say a virgin. Everybody know what that is? Do I need to explain it to you? You know, there are just some things that you just can't figure out why they need explaining. He'll be born of somebody who is saving themselves. Somebody who who knows what they want, even though they don't know what it is they want, but they know they don't give themselves to anything else other than that one thing. Somebody that's passionately pure enough to save herself. People that understand that it's not this world that can bring satisfaction to them. That understand that this world offers fleeting moments, but not the eternal reality. God's going to come for people that are purely passionate and hungry and thirsty after him. I don't find many of them. I don't find many virgins, people undefiled by the desires of this world, but have had their desires purified and sanctified in such a way that they know that only he is the fullness of my life. God's coming for a pure church, a church that's not divided by divisions of denominationalism, not confused by the culture or called into the... Oh, well. I'm looking, he said, I'm looking for some passionate people. People that are focused on me. Luke says she was overshadowed, overwhelmed, overtaken, just consumed by. Listen, I, I love all of you, but I've been overshadowed, overwhelmed, overcome. Uh, he, he, he came into my life and, and, and everything. I love it when people say, well, I think, Pastor, there was a call in my life, but you know, I just ran from God. Really? Really, that was an option for you? I didn't know I had an option. I mean, I, did, I didn't know I had a choice. Well, yeah, we got a free choice. Really, take that up with Jonah. The only choice you got is a hard way or an easy way. You could end up in free willy, I guess. But I mean, yeah, but what about free will? Listen, when God gets done with your free will, you'll do his will, I promise you. I promise you, I've been overwhelmed. Paul says, I was apprehended by the one that I was trying to apprehend. What that means is, what I was trying to get him, he got me before I got him. I mean, I love all these people. I found Jesus. Honey, he'll catch you before you ever figure out what it is you're looking for. I, she was overwhelmed. I bet she had a plan. She was going to marry Jojo. She had a plan. Joseph had a, had a house. He had a job. He ran a carpenter construction company. She had a plan. And then she got overshadowed. <laughs> this is a story about how God broke into our world by overshadowing this little girl. I love Amos. Amos says, I was not a prophet. I wasn't the son of a prophet. I, I was a sheep herder picking fruit off a sycamore tree. And the Lord took me. The Lord took me. Touch, touch your name and say, "I got taken." I mean, have you seen those shows? Taken, yeah. Taken, taken. Robbed, picked up, moved. I got took. Listen, he. I'm gonna give you a sign. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna overshadow. I'm gonna come up on you. I'm gonna overwhelm you. I'm gonna get you into my world. I, I, I'm gonna listen. I had a plan. I had a plan. I had a plan. I was going to retire this year. I will be 62 in July. I was going to retire. I was going to retire with money. I was going to move to Missouri. I was going to turn the world off. And I was going to spend the next 30 years doing nothing. I had a plan. And then I was driving down Pawnee. And I came across Meridian. I don't know if it's still there, Kent, but there was a bionic burger on the corner of Pawnee and Meridian. Had the best French fries, they were the greasiest things. Are they still there? Best, they dripped with grease. They were awesome. And I'm driving an Izuzu pickup. Anybody here know what an Izuzu pickup is? You got to be 40 or above to know that Chevy couldn't make a pickup that small. So they hired somebody over in Thailand to build a pickup. It was an Isuzu pickup. It had a three-cylinder motor in it. It'd do 50 downhill. But my dad put me in an Izuzu pickup and said, Son, go over there to Bionic Burger and get us some burgers for lunch. So I got in a pickup and I'm headed down Pawnee and, and, and there was this Christian singer on my radio and something came into the cab of that Isuzu pickup, Bruce. And I was overshadowed and I was overwhelmed and I sat in a parking lot, a bionic burger and I couldn't. Ugh. I don't care that you walked an aisle and mentally ascended the fact that you didn't want to go to hell and you want to go to heaven. You got to be apprehended somewhere. He came in that pickup, Andrew, and I was you were sitting at home and said, go down there and be something happens. Listen, Christianity is about mentally ascending upon a doctrine. Christianity is about being overwhelmed, apprehended, something comes into your life, and you can't explain it, Dale. I can't define it. I still don't I tried to tell her, she thought I was nuts. I went home and said, honey, I sat on the corner of Pawnee and Meridian in my pickup at Bionic Burger and forgot why I was there because someone Woo! was in the pickup with me. I can't explain it. I can't tell you. I just knew that I couldn't see out the windshield because God's presence was in the pickup. <laughs> Pastor, I don't understand why you're so passionate. Because something came in the pickup. Woo! get away. I tried to get out. It wouldn't open. You think I'm making this up? The next time it happened, it was seven fifty. I was in the office and I got up and all of a sudden I'm on the floor and the long and the short of it is he said, I want you. I just want you. He filled that little office over on hydraulic street. I want you. I was apprehended. I couldn't pray enough, I couldn't read enough, I couldn't I couldn't think, I could every thought I had was about whoever that was that came in that pickup and into that office and they wanted me. Oh, that's what he does to pastors. Oh, baloney. All of you baloney. There isn't two lines, one for ministers and one for other people. Listen, there's one thing. It's one gate. You all gonna go through it. The Bible says we're all ministers. We're all priests. This is just what I get to do. Listen, I had a plan. I was going to retire this year. I'm upset. I'm sitting on the beach this week going, I had a plan. I was going to sit on this beach for the next 20 years. And he came into my pickup, and he impregnated me. He put something down inside of me that was bigger than me. He gave me something that was larger than myself. He, something got down inside of here, and I can't. He didn't even ask my permission. He didn't say, excuse me, can I get in your pickup? No! And and, and to today I can feel him sometimes, and and it's like oh, and he he steps into my shower, and I go really, now I have I have you ever been to a church where people fall down and and anybody some of you are going you do what you you know it, it, I was raised it happens people get and they they. They're slain in the spirit, you know, and they, they fall out. I fall out in showers. I fall out, bam, I'm out of the shower, on the bathroom floor. You are not invited. He never asked permission. He just... Listen, God's going to overshadow the church of the 21st century. He's going to move past your church growth stuff. He's going to move past your lattes in the foyer and your 49-minute services. He going to, you're not going to have any more excuses, but he's going to overshadow you. He's going to overshadow. He's going to overpower you. He has to overpower to empower. He has to, oh, Jesus. And when you get here, I'm trying. Shondai, Shondai. Mama, my knee hurts. I mean, <laughs> E-D-D-I-E. That's Eddie. I I'm trying to keep from speaking in tongues, but E-D-D-I. Never mind. You'll get it in a minute. I mean, if you ever are overshadowed, you can't explain it. You go home and you try to say, I'm, on, I'm pregnant. What with? I don't know. How'd that happen? I don't know. I'd, why are you praying? I don't know. Why, why are you? I'd take up the phone and talk in tongues. Annie just take the phone. I, I'm sorry. Tell me what you want, and I'll see if I can. Oh, <laughs> and Joe. Whew. Joey. He was minded to put her away. I mean, i I've got news for you. Smart people put crazy people away. I mean, listen, this was not a charismatic Pentecostal thing. This was just a pickup thing. He picked me up in the parking lot. This is, Oh, my God. You ought to hear what's going off in my head. If you think this is odd, you ought to hear it in here. There'll be Josephs come into your life, and they'll look at you and say, you're crazy. They'll try to put you away. They'll say, you, that's nuts. What are you doing? Listen, when God overshadows Christians, the denominational stuff will want to put you away because you're nuts. Because you can't explain this. You can't define this. You can't even talk. And, and listen, Joe, it was an arranged marriage. <laughs> you didn't like her anyway. <laughs> it was an arranged thing. I mean, you know, so mm, they chose her. Mm, uh-uh. So let's put her away, Joe. We'll get you another one. Yeah. You want to go with him? No, Joe, put it away. I mean, can you imagine the pressure he was under with his friends? She's what? She how? She thinks it's what? Now, i got to give Joseph credit. He had a dream. Do you know a dream can remove all doubts in your life that God is moving? One dream of God can change your destiny. One dream of God can change. Listen, thank God for the dreams in my life that changed the destiny of my life. And and it, it took one dream and suddenly he became her greatest protector. One dream and he moved from doubting her. To Helping her achieve her destiny. Listen, you need Joseph's in your life who will listen to the dreams that go off in the night and stand back up and say, baby, I'm sorry, I was going to put you away because you were crazy, but now I believe what you've said. Joseph would spend his life protecting that which was on the inside of Mary. You need some JoJo's in your life because they'll protect what's inside of you. Some of you have been Joseph's in my life. I sat on the beach this week and realized, Bruce, some of you have been Josephs in my life because you protected the vision that was down on the inside of me. You didn't go looking for your own thing. You protected what God had put in me. You need Josephs in your life. And some of you don't like to be Mary. You just need to be Jojo that you are. And you need to find people that have a vision from God, something that's in there. And you need to spend your life protecting that. You need Joseph's. I thank God for Joseph's. I thank God for Ruby Nielsen. $28.37 every week. She took it out of her so scaredy. She came, she dropped it in that plate. She prayed for me every day because she believed I had heard from God. You're sitting in a chair because somebody believed I had heard from God. You're in this building because someone before you took their savings account and made a down payment on this thing. Oh, you're not listening to me. This is the sign. A virgin shall be overshadowed, and there'll be a Joseph there that'll have a dream, and that dream will protect what's inside of her. Look at the life. I promise you, people like me are embarrassments. I'm embarrassing. I know my passion's embarrassing, but I don't care. In fact, I think this passion is a witness to the reality that he visited me in a picture. You say it's nuts to think that he visited you and I, Zuzu Pickup. Well, not any nuttier to think that you're 14. He showed up and said you're going to get pregnant without a man. (laughs) I'm in pretty good company. Not any nuttier it is for Joe to have a dream. Listen, this is the sign. It's supernatural. This is the sign. It's out of your imagination. This is the sign. It's above what you think. This is the sign is I'm going to do stuff that's unexplainable, undefinable. It's unimaginable. That is a sign. In fact, if it's not supernatural, run. If it's not out of this world, run. Because religion has been defined by men that's trying to explain God and God is unexplainable. God moves in these overshadowing, overpowering, overwhelming, out of this world kind of things. That's the sign is God's gonna break into the natural things of man and cause them to be more than natural. He began to protect her. He began to protect her. Crazy thing for me is that she got up and went and found Lizzie. You know who Lizzie is? Elizabeth? Her aunt? The old woman that got pregnant. The old woman that was way past childbearing years, but she gets pregnant. Listen, you need Lizzie's in your life. People that tell you you're not crazy. People that speak your language. People that know that it's a miracle. That what's going on inside of you. Listen, Lizzie's not exactly like Mary. She had known the touch of a man. Mary had not known the touch of a man. But both of them knew that they were expecting something because of the miracle of God. And they said, listen, don't lose your mind, Mary, because I believe you. And you need Lizzie's that believe in you. You need Lizzie's that that think that what God's doing down inside of you is a possibility and that there's a potential of, of something beyond yourself. And that what's down on the inside of you is out of this world and it's bigger than this generation, it's going to take a lifetime to see it come to reality. Listen, what we are doing and experiencing our lives now, listen, your son's sons are going to sit in that pew. I realized several years ago, my son's sons are going to sit and my grandsons are going to sit, that this is not about our generation, it's not about our Volkswagen, it's about the next generation. That we are impregnated with something that's bigger than this generation. She went and looked for a Lizzie that could comfort her and encourage her and and tell her she wasn't nuts and tell her that she didn't have to fit in to belong. She don't have to be like every other Christian. you, You can be unique. You can coach basketball and change the world. Listen, they tried to put Saul's armor on David. And David said, I can't wear this armor. Here's Goliath and Saul goes, okay, you can kill him. Here, take my armor. And David said, I ain't taking your armor. I can't be like you. I didn't wear this when I killed the lion. I didn't wear this when I killed the bear. And I don't need to wear that when I kill that giant over there. If God's going to use me to change the world, he's going to use the gifts that he gave me. And I got to be myself and be unique. I don't have to fit in to belong. But look out, God's going to use my rag and my rock and I'm going to take that giant down. Some of you need to relax and just be you. Just be you, Mary. Just be you. Don't try to wear the Christianese crap that's been handed to us. Shake it off. Just take the little gift that you got. I've had people tell me for years, if you tone down that praying in tongues stuff, more people come to church. Listen, I got here praying in tongues. You don't have to pray in tongues. You can think I'm nuts. But, honey, I got here by praying in tongues. That's how I got here. Shoot a mosquito. My knee hurts. E-D-D-I-E. I'm trying to be nice. Listen, when you get stuck in an Isuzu pickup, you'll pray in tongues too. When you get up off the floor and go home and look at your wife, and she's got three little babies, and you go, I don't know, but we're moving. Where are we moving? I don't know. How are we going to get there? I don't know. What are you going to get paid? I don't know. You'll spend the next night in the other bedroom, not because she put you there, but because you're going... Oh, my God, was that really you? And, you know, have you ever, the more you pray and the more you read, the further away you think you get. Oh, it's, it's nuts. Lizzie's. Thank God for the Joes and the Lizzie's. And let me show you how to live. Let me give you a sign. I'm going to come to passionate people that are willing to be overshadowed by God and let other people protect them and other people encourage them. You can't live this Christian life alone. You've got to have the Joes and the Lizzie's you got to have those people. I love C.S. Lewis. He says, the greatest gift that God could give to us is the gift to allow us to be ourselves. Look at the person next to you and said, well, this is a place you can be you. <laughs> if you don't believe that, look around. <laughs> they still them. <laughs> I ha- I've had people leave because we didn't all look the same. You'll get that in a minute. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> It's funny to me. I'm sorry. I digress. This scorp. Did you did do you read the scripture that what was in Liz leaped that you know that embryo. That thing that is not a baby. Leaped. That thing that's not a child. You know that leaped thing. Oh, yeah. I'm poking now. I'm poking pretty hard. I'm I'm you know that thing that we're trying to figure out whether it's her choice or his choice or its choice. It leaped. It jumped. I mean, it knew who he was before it knew who it was. You didn't get this. John knew who Jesus was before John knew who John was. We got to wait till they get to the age of account. Really? John wasn't even out of the womb yet, knew who that was. You think you got to wait till the, the age of accountability. Well, he didn't even have an age and he knew. You know, there's some things you're just born and you know. I just can't believe that. Well, talk to John. John knew. Are you some things you born? Never mind. She's pregnant. She's 15. Joe's with her. Liz has encouraged her, but she's in Nazareth. She's overdue, but she's not in the right position to give birth. She's not in the right place. She's not in the right attitude. She's not in the right mind. She can't have that baby in Nazareth because The baby's going to be born of the lineage of David. The baby's going to be called the son of David. We got to get to Bethlehem. Got to get you in the right position in order to give birth to what's on the inside of you. Some of you are out of position and you can't figure out why you can't give birth to what's on the inside of you. It's because God's trying to get you into a different position, into a different mindset, into a different understanding. Give me five, son. Thank you. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm out of position. God's trying to put you in position. He's trying to get you in a different state of mind, into a different theological understanding, into a different revelation. You can't give birth in Nazareth. You've got to get down here to Bethlehem. You've got to give birth in the context of who that child is. And that child is a king, born of a king. The root and the seed of David. I mean, the branch. and I mean, it, this is weird. He fathered David, but he's going to be born by David. Fix that paradigm. God's trying to get some of you into a place where he can give birth to what he's put on the inside of you. Listen, what's going on in the world is a mess. It's a mess in 2000. You know, we almost didn't have a president because of them hanging chads in Florida. Some of you. Come on, anybody old enough to remember? They were hanging chads in Florida. 20 years later, we still got stuff. It ain't going to get fixed. Some of you just think it's going to get fixed this year. It ain't going to get fixed this year. It's a mess. That we still can't figure nothing out. If you think that world's going to figure anything out, you're wrong. The reason we're in a mess is because the church hasn't been able to give birth because she's out of position. The church isn't in the right position. She's not clear and concise about the message she's supposed to be giving. So we can't give birth to the sons and the daughters of God because the church has got her head in politics instead of the presence of God. I can't believe he said that. Listen, I don't get paid to say what you want me to say. Prophets never say what people want you to say. Listen, the guy in the pickup told me. (laughs) I ain't going back to that church. He thinks, never mind. I think the presence. (laughs) God's trying to move you. He ain't moving. Can I tell you something? I love it when people, God moved. No, God doesn't move. No, not like you think moved. Because if God is who God is and he is life and God is omnipresent, it means that he's at the same place, all places, all at the same time. He's in this time and that time at the same time. Because if God really moved, that would cease to exist. It's not that God moves. It's that he moves you. And he moves you into position, which is a little closer than you think. And he moves you into a position and you see and know stuff that you've never known before because he put you in a place so that you could see what was inside of you came from him. Oh, my God. God's trying to move some of you out of that. It's interesting. God will use Caesar to move one girl. He'll he'll tax the whole world to move you. It's, It's serious. He'll raise taxes just to get you to move. And think about it. He'll put a strain on the whole world to move one little girl into place. The whole world will be stressed out waiting on one little girl to move. Can't think about it. What if the stress in the world is trying to get the church to move? What if all this stuff that's going on is so the church will quit playing church? What if all this going on out here is not about what's going on out there, but it's God using Caesar just to move the church into the presence of God? What if God's tired of the church playing church and just coming to church for an hour and 10 minutes? What if God's trying to take the church into his presence so that she can give birth to what's on the inside of her? What if the mess in the world has nothing to do with anything but moving up? Yes. Look at your neighbor and say, I think I'll move. <laughs> I think I'll get on a donkey and go where he tells me to go. I think. And you know, then after he moves you, there's no room in the inn. Think about this. Moves you down there on a donkey and you're overdue. And there's no room in Motel 6. No room. Can I tell you something? People that are passionately overshadowed, surrounded by the Joes and the Lizzies, moved into position. The institutions will never receive them. You listen to me. The move of God that's moving will never be contained by the institutions called church. Never be contained by the people that are individually smart about the supernatural. God will never give birth under the roof of anything created by man. Because when God is born, he's going to open his eyes and see the stars that he hung in the sky. That's the only roof he has is the creation that he made. It'll never be contained in the churches. It's going to go outside. No room in the end. No room in the institutions for the move of God. If you're waiting for the old institutions of man to receive the presence of God, it ain't happening because God's going to be born outside, uncontained, unrefined, undefinable, bigger than anything man could ever imagine. He'll be born. He'll be placed in a manger because he's the living bread. He'll be placed in that place where he's easy to be consumed. This is the sign. His life is the sign. Look at it. See the whole story. And then he disappears. I mean, yeah, come on. Now he's gone. Boom, boom, He's gone. Joseph has another dream and hides the boy. Hides. We don't see him for 12 years. I mean, he's an adolescent the next time we see him. My wife says that when they turn 13, we ought to change kids. Because, come on, you ever been around a 13 year old? They don't think mom and daddy know nothing. They don't think the parents know anything. We just ought to change kids because they always think that Bobo's mom and dad are smarter than their mom and dad. So here, you take mine, I'll take yours. He shows up and he's 12. He's an adolescent and they lose him. They lose Jesus. I could preach a whole sermon about, huh? You lost the gift from heaven, you lost the father's child. Joe, you're supposed to be protecting the child. You made the mistake that every other teenager makes. Every other parent of a teenager makes. You thought about 12, you could trust them. You can't trust them at 12. You ever trusted a 13-year-old? Honey, Yeah, it's a wrong thing to do. They get lost. They get lost. Never mind. And then when they find him, I can just imagine Jesus going, you of all people should know where I was at. You too know. That I'm the Son of God. You too know that I must have been about my Father's business. You too knew where I was at. You should have looked here first. You went looking all those other places, and I was in my Father's house. I was in that temple. Do something for me. Take that hand, put it right here. Quit looking outside of yourself. He's in there. Quit thinking he's somewhere else. He ain't in Tulsa. He ain't in Dallas. He ain't in Bethel. He ain't in the Catholic Church or the Pentecostal Church. He's in you. You need to look on the inside because he who created you is on the inside of you. You should have found me in the Father's house. You should have found me inside of you. He never far from you. He isn't in some kind of denominational interpretation. He's in your heart, whispering to you. You should, How do you mean you lost Jesus? Mm-mm. And then he disappears again. 18 years. The boy is gone 18 years. I mean, the next time we see him, he's going to have a beard. He's going to be a rabbi. He's going to be a scholar. He's going to be full-grown. He's going to be mature. 18 years. You, I mean, he's going to minister for three and a half, and for 30, we know nothing. Nothing. You know why? Because God always matures us in the obscurity of our lives. No one's there while we're growing up. No one's applauding you when you go through that struggle of your own character. There's nobody praising you while you're maturing. There's nobody giving you a certificate. There's nobody recognizing how much you grew. You're gonna mature in obscurity. No one even know where you're at. You're gonna poke your head up and go, yeah, I made it, and ain't gonna be nobody in the room you're going to do the happy dance and no one watching he lives in obscurity for 30 years in the dark night of the soul the hardest place to live is where nobody can see you that secret serving usher lady changing the diaper in the back you begin to realize the more you pray the further away you feel and yet you know you're closer than you've ever been did you know that Olympians train For 25, 30 years to win one race. Olympians will spend their entire lives to run that race one second faster than number two. Come on, Brian, help me out. You'll practice all year to make one shot. You'll pull that kid off the bench so he can make one shot. Maybe not even make a shot. Maybe pull him off the bench so he can get one rebound. We want to go to school for three years and minister for 30. Listen, I've done about two things in my life that are exceptional. Forty years of ministry, I've got about two things that I think might have been worth something. Are you listening to me? You may live your whole life to have one conversation. You may live your whole life to make one difference in one soul. You may live 30 years for three and a half. Th- this, is, this is about studying and preparing and being in the right position at the right moment. Yes. It's not what you think. Look at the sign. He lived 30 years in obscurity. and Suddenly, he steps out and he's got a beard. And that baby that leapt in the womb was, oh, that's the son of God. That's the lamb that's going to take away the sin of the world. The baby that leaped goes, oh. That's about the only thing John ever does. is go. oh. Maybe, maybe, my, maybe my job is to go, oh. There, and all of a sudden, the hiddenness is gone. And Jesus shows up as the lamb, the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one. The Pharisees are they are about to lose their job. The priests are plotting, and the common men are falling in love. As the Messiah steps out, and for three and a half years, he turns water into wine, changes the substance of things, tells the wind to stop blowing, makes bread, multiply, raises the dead, heals the sick, open eyes. He does all the things. And as he is, so are you in this world. And he shows us an example of what it means to live as a man created by God, overshadowed by the presence of God. We're supposed to be living that life. I'm hungry for that life. That life. Yes, I want heaven, but I want to live that life I'm going to give you a sign. I'm going to show you what men are supposed to be looking like. Hmm. And he lives like that for three and a half years. Wow. Hmm. You, you, listen, you don't get this in Bible bookstores. Take notes. Download it again. There's the lamb. There's the sheep. He to stay a sheep. He's going to get on the cross and you're going to see somebody else. There's more than a sheep. He's looking for something else. He's going to show you more than a lamb. Are you listening to me? He don't want us to be sheep. We ain't supposed to stay sheep. We come in as fish or sheep, but we don't stay fish or sheep. We're going to become something more than what you see. He's more than a lamb. He's more than a sheep. He's going to let you see that for a minute, but he's going to go somewhere and he's going to be changed in front of your eyes. He's going to be more than the lamb. He'll be the lamb, but he's more than the lamb. He's pointing to something bigger than that. This man lives submitted to a mother and a father. He lives submitted to, to John and he's going to, be, he, he going to be submitted to the priest and the pilot and he's he going to go to this place called Galgotha. Golgotha, skull, mind. Did you know you can't really fulfill what God wants you to fulfill until your mind? You're going to put a crown of thorns on his head. They're going to shove thorns into his brow. Thorns. The curse was you'll till the ground, but it'll only produce thorns. Your brain, your carnal brain will only produce thorns. It'll be a thorn in your life. You gotta bring that thorny mind to the cross of Calvary. That's the place of full exposure, is when you put down that carnal mind. He's gonna take that carnal mind and take it to the cross, and in that place you're gonna see something more than you've ever seen before. Are you here? Anybody anybody heard this story? This this man on a cross, and there's what on this side? There's a what on this side? A thief. Come on, you can talk to me. There's a thief on this side and a what on this side? Anybody ever heard this story? How the lamb that was ends up on this 33 and a half years, and now there's a thief on this side, and a thief on this side, and he has this conversation with thieves. And this thief says, If you are the son of God, bring yourself down from him. Haven't heard that voice for about three and a half years, Bruce. Over here he said, If you are the son of God, make them stones. If you are the son of God, throw that if you are. And now the fourth question. If you are the son of God, take yourself down. That's a thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Guess what happens to that thief? He gets destroyed. But there's another thief. This thief said, he's done nothing wrong. Could you remember me? Remember you? You remember this thief? This thief over here said, could you remember me when you remember you? I came for you. I'm here for you. You took something you didn't have to take because I was going to give it to you. You listened to that thief and you yourself acted like a thief, but you didn't have to take what I was going to give to you today. You'll be with me. I'm going to kill that thief, but I'm coming for you, son. I put you out of the garden, but today I'm putting you back in the garden. Are you catching this? He's having a conversation. That thief's going down. This thief's going up. And then he makes this statement: Eli, Eli, Shama. My God, my God. He's talking to his father. The one that overshadowed his mother. John, behold thy mother. He's talking to his father. He's talking to his mother. After he's through talking to thieves, it shifts to a vertical conversation. Father, mother, for a man shall leave his father and his mother. And he'll cleave unto his bride. And the two shall become one. Daddy, I can't come home because I found the one that I'm going to marry. Daddy, I can't come back because I found the one I want to marry. I have found the bride. I have found the one that's going to be one with me. I must let go of you. And mama, I must let go of you because I have found the body that I want to marry. I have found the bride. I'll give myself for her. If she's sin, I'll become sin. If she's dead, I'll become dead. I'll lose my own life. I'll deny my own relationships because I found one. It's the sign. Pastor, I don't understand why you're so passionate because he let go of heaven and he let go of mama to take hold of me, Bruce. He stepped into an Isuzu pickup and said, "I left heaven and earth for you." And this is the sign. That love. They pierced him in the side. And everybody gets stuck on the water and the blood. They pierced him in the side. Do you know what came from his side? You remember what came from Adam's side? A woman. A bride. And he opened up his side. And he reached out and he took you. And he put you back in there. And we became one, Kent. We're one. We're we're now the body. You move from a sheep a bride to the body. You move because brides have sons. And you become, are you listening to me? I follow him because he let go. I follow him because he chose me over. I've never seen that kind of love. It's a sign. If you don't know the meaning of the sign, You just repeat after me. You get a confirmation certificate. You take a picture of your baptism. It's like carrying a baby picture. You you missed it. He loves you. You belong. He did everything to put you back with him. Listen, 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 listen. If the only reason she comes home to you is because she's afraid you're going to hurt her, if the only reason you go back home is you're afraid he's going to hurt you, That's not a wife, that's a slave. If the only reason she comes home to you is because you buy her paragami shoes, St. Joe's suits, you ain't got a slave. You got a high-powered you-know-what. No, 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 no. I, I don't follow him because I'm afraid of hell. I don't follow him because of golden streets. I follow him because he hung on a cross. And he let go of everything else and took hold of me. <laughs> That's the sign. You'll never find another. You won't find it in Buddhism. You won't find it in Hinduism. You won't find it in humanism. It's the sign. It's the sign. And <laughs> our response to his passion for us, is I try to match that passion, Tyler. He had such passion for me that I live every day of my life trying to match that passion. They should know us not because of our denomination, not because of what we don't do and do-do. They should not know us because of our race or our nationality. Not because of the car we drive or the job we have or the degrees we carry. They should know us because we're the most passionate people that they have ever met. I go to beaches in Mexico and it's my passion that draws them. In fact, I do a few things that I can't believe they'd overlook to see me. You didn't get it. Does your passion stand out when the lights go off, when the lights go on? Does your passion stand out when it's good and when it's bad? Does your passion rise above your love for the Super Bowl champions? Does it rise above? Does your passion match the level of the passion of the one that is the sign? Getting into a position where we're more passionate about his presence, we gotta focus. We gotta focus because we're supposed to be that sign to the world around us. I'm gonna be that sign, or at least part of it. You only have to like my preaching, you, you, you don't have to like my singing. You don't have to like anything about me. But I only remember how much I love him. And if I love him, I gotta love you. And you. I gotta be passionately in love, Tiffany, with every other human being. With my neighbor. Dad Gummet, for some of you, with Democrats. <laughs> for the other part of you, Republicans. For the other part of you, Muslims or Mexicans, you silly people. If I love him, I I, I can't label people. I can't put them here or over here. He, He let go of for all of us. I can't get caught up in, am I making any sense? I got to let go of my prejudices and my preferences. I had a plan. Dad, come and I had a plan. I was going to retire and move, but he loves me. I was taught that at this moment. Y'all receive Jesus. Raise your hand. I was taught at this moment, if you do see Jesus, come stand here. I was taught that. Can I tell you, you're already caught. You've already been apprehended. When you go get in that Volkswagen and drive home, he gonna be in that Volkswagen. You're gonna cross <laughs> 30th in the rain and you're gonna have to pull off because he gonna be in your Volkswagen. I don't have to get you come down here and say nothing. It's too late. You've been had. I can feel it. You can feel it. Nobody else is going to love you like that. You go back to doing whatever you've been doing, but you're going to remember the sign. You're going to remember the story. Next seven weeks, Ryan's coming home. He's going to play Jesus for us again. Next seven weeks, we're going to journey towards that place. Hmm. I'm going to tell the story for next seven weeks. I'm going to remind you that the life he lived can be your life.